This is the Back in the Day podcast, unscripted stories from the old neighborhood. And talking again with a Passion Square, long-term Passion Square resident, Anastasia, South Philadelphia. He's got a cool story to tell about the home she has been in for quite some time and how it got built the way it got built. I talked last time about the fact that sometimes these homes in, in South Philly and Passion Square and, and others are are accused of being sort of non-unique. Um, they all look the same. They're all either two or three story. They're 14 to 17 feet wide and they're cookie cutter, even back in the day. Well, guess, guess what? Hers isn't. It's different. And she'll tell you why. And then she's going to talk about this was this was this was really getting to the to the feel and 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 flavor of what we're looking for in this podcast. And she tells us uh, from from her experiences what the kind of um, who the vendors were on the block and what the block kind of looked and felt like from a commercial perspective. Um, the, the pizza guy and the pretzel guy and the, and, and, and the milk deliveries and all the stuff that we, some of us think about when we talk about back in the day and how things used to be. She was there and she tells stories about um, what that looked and felt like. So great stuff. Thanks for, again, for, for being with us and thanks for tuning into back in the day. Well, Anastasia, thanks for, uh, giving us your time today. Sure. Um, you know, I, my wife and I and little Mickey, who's eight, have lived here for, since '09, I guess, um, uh-huh. and I've seen a lot of changes, and I'm really intrigued about what 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 it used to be like back in the day. Uh-huh. And you know, I'm in the real estate business, and I and we I help people move into the neighborhood pretty often. And I always wondered if they would be interested in knowing a little more about what it was like back in the day. And I and I think they would. I think so too. Um, I think that you know when you get such a turnover of people. The stories just get lost. Yeah, very good point. So, yep. So thanks again for taking a minute to, to to tell us about what it was like back in the day. So I've got Anastasia from 13th in Mifflin. So um, how long have you been there? Uh, since 1985. Wow. So wow. Cool. Good wife. 35 years. So you weren't born there, I guess. No, I was not born here, nor was my husband. Um, but uh, the reason why I reached out to you is because um, our house has a specific, interesting history that I think is getting lost. Um, are you familiar with uh, our block? Of oh, homes? yeah. I live, I live around a corner. Okay. So um, you might notice that our house is um, closer to Broad Street mm-hmm. and um, a little bit larger than the other homes that are on the block. Yeah. Um, our house was built by the builder for his own house and he built all the other homes on the block in 1892 so um we when we moved in we found when we uncovered some wallpaper the original um date um from the plaster that was february 1892 which was really cool so we tried to keep that um but what's interesting most interesting to me is that um have you ever heard of mario lanza sure Okay, so Mario Lanza was born in Philadelphia, and he also trained in Philadelphia before he went on to be an opera star. Mm-hmm. And he uh, trained from, from Rodolfo Peely, P-I-L-I, and our house was known as the Peely House. Mm-hmm. So um, Rodolfo Peely was a opera impressor, impress, in, in, how you, however you say that word, impresario. impresario. 
impresario. Yeah, you got it before and, I got it. And um, he and his his wife was a soprano. Her name was um, uh, Marion. Um, oh, I forget. Oh, Gloria Marion. But in any case, um, Rodolfo and Gloria lived here in this house from um, the late 1920s to about 1970. And he had an opera school, and that was on the second floor, like a little um, kind of a ballroom. And that's where Mario Lanza studied. Mm. That so, is something else. So yeah, so that to me is really interesting. And then also, um, the Gloria Marion, who was the soprano, his wife, um, she was pretty active. And there's a little table in um, the restaurant on. Um, Victor's Cafe that's, I guess, on sure. Tasker Street or yeah. Dickinson. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I forget what table it is. I think it's number 21. But next to it, it has a little picture of her that says Gloria Marion. So it had like a nice little history of opera down in this neighborhood. But, really you know, then flash forward to uh, when we moved in, it was uh, predominantly old Italian families that had been right. here for, you know, many generations just right. passing the houses on. Yeah. But there's a couple things that I remember. Um, there used to be a um, pretzel guy that um, would just walk the streets with his cart of warm pretzels. And this was back in like the mid 80s. And he would just stroll the streets shouting pretzels, hot pretzels. And people would come out of their houses. And the, I think the pretzels were from federal of uh, federal pretzels on sure. federal street. Yep. But um, he was just a, a vendor that would walk the streets and he did that for a few years and then just sort of disappeared. But at, also at the same time, there was another guy that used to sell flowers and he had um, a flower cart and he kept his flower cart down on Mifflin street in a garage. And it was an older black man that had um, not a grocery cart, but more like a, a cart, sort of Italian market style. Mm-hmm. And he would just walk up and down the streets and call out flowers, flowers. And people would come out and they would buy flowers and hot pretzels. So those are like some really uh, early memories I have. Heck, yeah. In here. <laughs> it reminds me of some stories I've heard about um, where there was a lot more home delivery. Oh, right. Yeah. We, yes. of, of, of milk and deli items and bread and all kinds of stuff, I guess. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Across the street from us was the, um, uh, the Carabello um, family had a uh, small deli slash meat market and uh, mama lived across the street on my side of the street in the 1300 block. But he was, his son, uh, Nate was always making deliveries and, um, he would just load up his uh, grocery cart, like an Acme cart, and um, he was always on the street making deliveries of meat, fresh meat. Yeah. Um, one That's night cool. we needed some fresh meat, and Tony's light was on, so Scott, my husband, went over, and uh, he asked him if he had anything. He says, I don't have anything, but let me cut you something. So he took him to the side of, um, I guess it was like 1331. It says a little corner property, and um, if you there's an entrance on the side that used to be where they would hang and dry meat. And he opened up the side door and there was this huge cow carcass that was Mm -hmm. just hanging there. And Mm. he just cut his 
cut his piece off for Scott. So that's great. <laughs> that's great. What service? What a level of elbow service you got back then. Oh, I know it. <laughs> that's great. Um, so, did was the block? Did it feel different back in you know the mid '80s than than it does today? What are the what are the differences that that you notice on the block? You know, I don't I don't notice a huge difference because I think that. Um, because we're sort of at the end of the block, um, mm -hmm. we're a little bit removed. It's not like right. when you live down right. Watt Street. Right. Um, yes, agreed. Uh, but I, I don't see a, a big difference other than Bobby and Marsha, who used to live yeah. next door, and they moved yeah. away. Yeah. Um, there's, not a, there's not a huge difference. There's uh, the house across the street, which was Eleanor's. Um, she was there for years and years, and it sold maybe just five years ago. So um, a family bought it, they renovated it, and they just resold it. So there's, you know, new new younger families with more money are coming in, but mm -hmm. um, we still have a lot of the stable old families that are yep. here um, living now with the grandkids. Yeah, yeah. Now, would you say you, you, you know most of the people on the block at least to say hello or at least know their names? Um, I would say no. I would say I know my immediate neighbors and mm -hmm. um, just introduce myself to the ones across the street. And I know the ones behind me. Um, I know a few on Juniper and a few on Watt Street, just old timies. Mm -hmm. But there's a little bit less community um, mm -hmm. today than there was back then. I mean, back then you could walk down the street and most people would be sitting out front. Um, having coffee clashes with their neighbors and mm -hmm. gossiping there's there's a lot less of that today that's what i that's i've, I've observed that and some others have said the same thing i'm fascinated by what it must have been like in the 60s 70s 80s um, uh -huh. which in my estimate or what i've heard at least is is and read about is a much more vibrant on the block type experience where people were spending a lot of time outside with the neighbors yes yeah, and especially is, in the, the warmer weather when most people don't have air conditioning. Yeah. So they would just be forced to, you know, try to get a cool breeze. Well, that was my next question is, is what did people do to stay cool? And it sounds like they just did their best to stay outside. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, <laughs> when we first moved here, there was um, a couple of young kids that would live up on Watt Street and their parents would come down and open up the fire hydrant mm. and they would play in the fire hydrant um that, that's about it I, I think that for um like a richer neighborhoody um street you might have to go to like a um a less traveled street like mm -hmm. juniper or what um one of the ones uh where there's more kids there, yeah. there never were a lot of children on the street mm -hmm. so i think that also played a part yeah um Right, so we live on McClellan and uh -huh. right around around a corner from you, and yeah, we we pretty much know everyone, and uh -huh. it is kind of it is nice that it's so less so few um there's so less traffic that yeah. we really can kind of spend time outside and not be as worried as we as you should be or would be on a yeah. on a wider block. Yet the houses are smaller. Yeah, exactly. That's always the trade off. The the quieter yeah. blocks are the tiny houses. So. But oh, it well. seems more into, yeah, the the quieter blocks with the small houses are more intimate. 
all together. It is a little more intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people will zoom down Broad Street. They'll make that turn real fast on Mifflin. And, uh, you know, kids just really can't play outside if they were in the street. That's true. Do you have any, do you remember um, any neighbors spending a lot of time in the basement doing the cooking? Um, our, our kitchen used to be in the basement. So was it? Was, um, when we first moved in, we brought the kitchen upstairs. But uh, Bobby and Marcia did a lot of cooking, but on the first floor. Um, and then he had the garage down the street where he had um, winemaking. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't, I don't have a memory of um, other neighbors in the basement. I have a neighbor, uh, older woman who unfortunately passed a few years back, but she apparently did a lot of cooking in the basement, and and uh, we had an opportunity to see the house after uh, they it began to get uh, get ready to get sold to to another um, uh, resident and tenant, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, there was a whole mess of cooking equipment down there. It was pretty <laughs> well set up. Wow. I don't think it was a I don't think it was a commercial usage, but I think it maybe it could have been. It was it was pretty good set up down there. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Do you so do you, so eighteen eighty five or so? Do you remember if Bobby and Marsha were using the stable at all for anything else besides that bar he had eventually? Oh, so uh, they that was not their property until um, uh, when did they buy that? Uh, I'm going to say they bought that maybe twenty ten. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So as okay. long as I've been here, the the stable such an interesting property. God, I would right? love to buy that. Yeah. Um, the People who used it were uh, cabinet refinishers and woodworkers. Okay. And that, that's who used it for as long as I can remember when we okay. first moved in. Oh, great. Really interesting spot. You never know it's back there. I know. I just love it. Do you, have you heard any word what they're doing with it? Uh, so my friend Steve bought it. Um, and he's had it for, I, gosh, I want to say four years or so. Uh-huh. Um, and he was, they were going to do a boutique hotel with right. like a community feel. Uh-huh. Um, and it just was a turn out to be a little bit too big uh, of a change in use for, for the space and was going to be a, too big of a push to get zoning. So mm-hmm. they, they gave up on the idea and also uh, difficult to get it financed. And, and it was kind of a new idea and a neighbor that it had nothing right. like that. So it was kind of a push. So they mm-hmm. gave up. He tried to resell it. hasn't resold. It's still sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is what it is. Um, yeah. So what about the Avenue? Was that different uh, 30, 34 years oh, ago? Yeah, yeah, back in back in the 80s, the Avenue, every single property was in use. Um, you had Harriet's Bra Shop. There was uh, um, Phillips Mancuso's was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, you always, every single place was full. There were uh, clothing stores, um, poultry stores, grocery stores. Um, every single building had something in it. So, it was, yeah, you, that was a very vital shopping area. And would it be common to go anywhere else to shop, or was that it? Um, well, you also had on Broad Street, um, the Woolworths was here. So oh. that was like your big option. And Woolworths was just grand back in the 80s because you think they had the um, – like a little uh, diner restaurant on the first floor uh-huh. and uh, you could get your 75 cents hot dog and uh-huh. a, you know, little milkshake and then go downstairs and buy your goldfish. So it was just a, a great place to, to shop. And after they left, um, I believe it was a Kresge's. So it was still sort of a discount um, department store. Mm-hmm. And now it is, you know, totally different. The banks were always there. Um, okay. Prudential Savings Bank used to be on the corner of 
started Mifflin. Oh. Um, and then across the street where um, it's just apartments now on the uh, northeast corner of Broad and Mifflin, it used to be um, a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Buddy Sanfrani, I don't know if you remember that name, but he was a politician. He lived on the second floor. Okay. Okay. So what, it was mostly doctor's offices. What building was Woolworth? Woolworth, you remember? Oh, yeah. Well, so Woolworth was in the Rite Aid. Ah, got it. Okay. Okay. The current yeah. Rite Aid. Makes sense. How about yeah. that? So, so we think uh, that, that it's interesting to have, uh, you know, Walmart have some a little mini food court or McDonald's or whatever in there, something new and new and different. Yet uh, Rollers had that 40 years ago. Yeah. That's cool. Yes. <laughs> Look, that's cool. We think we're doing such, such monumental changes these days. And sometimes we just kind of go back to what it used to be. Yeah. So true. So that's true. interesting. Well, what is, um, is there anything else I should have asked you and didn't? Um, well, when we moved down here in the 1980s, um, there was uh, a lot of mob wars going on. Mm. There were um, a lot of shootouts. Uh, there were there was a, a major uh, mob hangout um, that was Joey Marlino, mm-hmm. um, and he was at the. If you came down Bifflin and you made a right on um, Juniper Street and went all the way to the end. It was just kind of there where right now I think there's a pizzeria, but that was his mob hangout. Okay. uh, Back in the day, I would take my daughter to go get her shoes because it was like a little kid's shoe store on the avenue. Mm -hmm. Um, We were always warned not to go down uh, Juniper Street because there were often drive-by shootings um, (sighs) at Joey's. So we would make the little long trip around and take the long route. <laughs> That's fascinating. And, you know, um, it feels like to me that that block of Juniper has not been as fast to turn around as some others. I wonder if there's a legacy there. Um, yes, it's funny. I think I think if you were to go to, like, BRT and start to look at the homes, I think a lot of the homes are still in the same family. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they passed, and um, a couple of them have deteriorated mm-hmm. um a couple of them have changed hands and um uh the last selling was pretty expensive i think yep. one sold for like four something 450 and mm-hmm. that was that seems like a lot to me for a little two-story they're little on that block they're little yeah, yeah i know uh, so that coffee shop that joey Molino would would go to was that was it was a functioning coffee shop or you kind of couldn't go in it was like a coffee club. So, okay. yeah, you really couldn't go in to get your coffee. It was like their club hangout. Sort of yeah. like, um, I think there's a little hangout that's currently now on the other side of Pashchenko Avenue. Well, it's Just, on the corner of, of 13th and, and Sigel is that coffee shop, which used to be open, yet you knew you kind of shouldn't go in there. Right. Yeah, that was kind of like Joey's. Only, I, I don't think that it, it was even tempting to go in. <laughs> Um, they usually the men would be sitting out front, um, yeah. gossiping. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that inviting for folks who weren't in, weren't on the inside? No. no, yes, you knew not. You knew not that was not a place to go. You coffee. just could tell, right? Nobody <laughs> yeah, had to you tell, tell you. You just you, you just could tell that probably wasn't a spot you're going to grab your latte. <laughs> Keep on going down the street and grab go somewhere else. Exactly. 
Well, that was great. Anastasia, you, um, you enlightened us and, and, and gave us some reminders about how things used to be on the block with your building, with vendors and with, uh, with the streets and how they used to lay out and function. So that was awesome. Uh, great to hear. Thanks for participating. This has been Back in the Day Podcast, unscripted stories from the old neighborhood. Have your own story to tell of life back in the day? Know someone else who does? Reach out to us. You can find our contact info below in the show notes. This is Mickey Pasquarella signing off. See you next time.